0: First service is 9 a.m. to 10.30, followed by our family service from 10.30 to 12.30. And now, for the best part, let's get into the Word. Well, this morning we want to start on a, a subject I'm going to call Prayers That Ask Why. Prayers That Ask Why will be um, progressing on, this, on, this, uh, on under this subject as the Lord leads Amen and amen. And today we are going to be uh, especially zeroing in into prayers um, in confusing times. How do you pray in confusing times? You know, um, But we'll first set um preamble, first set a foundation for this message. And may the Lord lead us in the name above every other name. Minister Judith has already prayed for the, for the word, so we'll continue. Amen. Thank God for every one of us that comes here every morning. Thank you so much. Whenever you go into the presence of God, there's nothing, there's something that you are doing. You are building a relationship with God. You are building a relationship with God, and that is very, very, very important because, you see, the moment you begin to build a relationship with somebody, then you can begin to tell them, you can begin to open uh, open up to them and, um, and, um, and reveal to them, that, you know, whatever is on your heart in the name above every other name or whatever is bothering you. So the more we know God personally, that's why it's very important for you you to know your god personally you see that's why we are not like um um the catholics who go to the priest and they want the priest to know to um to uh, to talk on their behalf uh, to god and then oh is the only one who reads the bible or oh, in the olden days when they waited for one man to go in the presence of the of the lord and that was once a year Can you imagine once a year, you are waiting for a man to go in the presence of God, on your behalf, on behalf of your children, on behalf of your spouse, on behalf of everything uh, that pertains to you. You are you are, you are banking, you know, all your hopes. You have you have hooked all your hopes on one man, and one man whom you are not even sure that if he goes into the presence of the Lord will actually, you know, have your interests at heart, because even him. He has got his own interests, he has got his own things that are pressing, he has got his own pressing issues, so you wouldn't know (laughs) whether he would go into the presence of God and actually represent you very well, because there's nobody who can do that, nobody can represent you fully, you see, even we have uh, politicians whom we call our representatives, representative MP, representative prime minister, representative president, they can never Nobody can ever represent you like you because there's nobody like you. You are the only you, you see. You are the only you. You are the one who knows what's in your heart. You are the only one who knows how you you sleep. You are the only you. So it is, we thank God. We thank God who, uh, because of Jesus Christ's death, you know, that veil that now we can enter into the presence of God you have no idea what that means some of us don't um, you know do not know what that uh, the, the 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 magnitude of that because when the men of old uh, they look at us from heaven wherever they are and they see us playing around with the presence of God they wonder they wonder because not everybody not not one not every one of them got a the chance that we have can you imagine? to boldly enter into the throne room of God, just imagine that. Just imagine the, the, the presidential palace in your country, um, the, uh, the, 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 the king's palaces in some of these countries where we are. Can you imagine entering those throne rooms, the throne room of uh, King Charles here? <laughs> Not everybody has access to that. If you have access to the throne room, I think even most people who go to to, to see him in Buckingham Palace never, 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 never go into the throne room. He meets them in some other rooms. But to go into the throne room, my friend, that is a privilege of the highest order. And now you and I have got that. We can enter into the throne room of God. And guess what? At any time, we don't have to make an appointment. Because to see Prince Ch- uh, 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 King Charles, you've got to make an appointment. And this is 2023. They could even give you an appointment for 2024 to see him. You see that? But we thank God that we do not need an appointment. I do not need an appointment to go before God. The God who created the heavens and the earth, the universe, all those galaxies up there, everything that we see, come on, that God, that in a time you can go into his, right now we are in his presence. Right now, right here, wherever you are, we are all in his throne room. Can you imagine? Just think about that. That's mind-boggling. That's mind-blowing. We are all in the throne room of God at this moment. My goodness. And every one of us is, is going there personally. We may be here. How many are we? Over maybe 17. But listen. Every one of us is coming personally. you understand and he can hear all of us at the same time. almost eight billion people on earth he can everyone if everyone started speaking he can hear us. Just imagine that web that web of of of, of, line, of, of, of lines of communication. What a God. What a God. So the more we get to know him, the more we get to know him personally then we can be real with him then we can express our hearts to him and that's what we do that's what we are doing every morning you are coming into the presence of God you are getting to know him deeper you are getting to know him deeper you are getting to know him more intimately hallelujah and because of that you have got the right you have got um you've got the chance to be real with him to to pour out your heart to to to, to, to complain to him to question him and all of that <laughs> hallelujah so we're going to talk be talking about prayers in confusing times and let's uh, go into lamentations chapter 2 verse 19 that's our our opening scripture lamentations chapter 2 verse 19 if you have your bibles with you you can open there or you can write somewhere if or you can open your your phone uh, I know some of you are still uh, in horizontal states but it's okay. <laughs> we can uh, we can follow. Amen. Yes. He says in Lamentations chapter 2 verse 19. The Bible says, "Arise, arise, cry out when in the night, cry out in the night, cry out at the beginning of the night watches." Hallelujah. Pour out your heart like water. Arise, cry out. This is what we are doing. Whenever we come into the presence of God, what are we doing? We are crying out to him. We are crying out to him. The psalmist says in Psalm 119, verse 147, he says, I arise before dawn and I cry for help. Isn't that what you are doing? This is what morning glory is all about. Rising before dawn. Rising before you even take your breakfast. What do you do? You go to cry for help, because you need help, child of God. I need help, hallelujah, because there are some things that I need, I cannot do oh, by myself. I cannot do in my own power. And those are the things that we come to God for, to cry for help. Hallelujah. You want a cup of tea? You, you, that one you can make. You can go in the kitchen, boil a kettle, or go in the kitchen and... Uh, Get some firewood and if you are in the village, wherever you are, that, that, that one you can do. But there are things that you need help with. Is there anybody this morning that needs help? You need help with something. Help that only God can do. That's why we come here every morning. He says, I will rise before dawn. Before dawn, before the birds come out. Hallelujah. Before the cock crows, whatever, what time he says, I will come out, what? I will rise early. Arise. Arise. I will rise before dawn and cry for help. Why? He said, because I hope in your words. Psalm 119, verse 147. It says, I hope in your words. Meaning that I hope in your instruction. I hope in your direction. So this morning, if you need help, here we are, rising up before dawn to cry for help. Hallelujah. To cry for help. Psalm 119, verse 148, it says, My eyes are awake. My eyes are awake when? Before the watches of the night, that I may meditate on your promise. Does anybody have a promise here? every one of us is a promise not only do you have a promise you are a promise hallelujah you are a promise yes you are a promise it may not look like it but you are a promise you are not an accident you are a promise god knew you before he formed you in your mother's womb hallelujah you are a promise and he says i wake up before what before dawn before the watches of the night that I may meditate on those promises. Meditate on the promises of God every day. If there's a promise of God upon you, that is what you must meditate upon, not the things that the devil throws at you. Because all those are diversions. Because what you meditate upon is what you precipitate into. What you think is what you pre- precipitate into. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. To meditate is to think. To meditate is to is, is to speak, is, is to matter stuff to yourself, especially the word of God, especially the promises of God. So whatever you speak to yourself, you become. So you become your own uh, prophet by what you speak to yourself. The woman with the issue of blood became her own prophet the Bible says she said to herself when, before she set out to go to the meeting, before you set out to go to log on in the morning, say, say something to yourself. This day, this morning, I am going to meet God. This morning, he is going to answer me. Hallelujah. Before you go to your prayer, to your church, to pray, say something to yourself. This woman, the Bible says she, says some, she said something to herself. She said, if I shall only do what touch the hem of his garment. She was. She kept meditating on that on the way to the meeting. And because she said it, she precipitated into it, it. It became real. Hallelujah. Because she meditated on it. So whatever you meditate upon, my friend, you precipitate into. So be careful what you meditate upon. If you are only meditating upon the issues that are at hand, then that's what, that's what will happen. But we choose to meditate upon the promises of God. Somebody say, "Amen, Hallelujah." And then in verse, and we are back into uh, Lamentations chapter two, verse nineteen. Lamentations chapter two, verse nineteen. He says, "Pour out your heart like water when you come before the Lord, because you see, it's it's going to be very very difficult for you to go oh crazy." If you went into the city center of uh, whichever city you, you, you live, let's say you live in uh, London and you go to Trafalgar Square and you just walk into this stranger and begin to pour your heart out to this stranger. This stranger, it, it, how does that sound? You begin to tell him how you slept. You begin to tell him how your husband is crazy, how your children are going, wherever they are going. You begin to tell them how, how much debt you are into. They, they would uh, call for help. They'll say there's something wrong with you because they they have never seen you in the first place and here you are telling them everything (laughs) that is going on in your lives. It's impossible. It's impossible. The only only person that you pour out yourself is that one that you are near to, that one that you have a relationship with. So he says, pour out your heart like water, like water before the presence of the Lord. Whenever we come to the presence of the Lord, that is when we must unleash Everything that is on our hearts, everything, pour it. Pour. Hallelujah, pour it. And now we are introduced. Let's let's go into that, that word, pour. That word, pour. That word, pour is is a very powerful word. It's like opening a tap. You see, the Bible speaks of this woman with a, who entered into the presence of, of Jesus Christ, with a, an alabaster box filled with perfume bible scholars say it was um, it was uh, the value of that perfume was worth a year's wages i don't know how many of you i don't i don't know how much you earn year, but that's some some serious perfume and the bible says when she got into the presence of the lord what did she do she broke it she broke she broke the bottle. She broke the bottle. She did not open. She broke the the, <laughs> the bottle, and she began to pour the oil onto his feet. She poured. Whenever we come to the presence of God, it's not a, it's, we've got to break the bottle and open and pour into the presence of the Most High God. Hallelujah. So she poured herself out. The psalmist says in Psalm 68, 62 verse 8, he says, Trust in who? In God at all times, O people, and pour out your heart before him. Pour out your heart before God. When we come into the presence of God, do not hold back. Pour yourself into him, before him. Why? Because he is our refuge, the psalmist says. The psalmist says he's our refuge. Let's go into 1 Samuel chapter uh, 1. 1 Samuel chapter 1. In First Samuel chapter one, we are introduced to Hannah. The story of Hannah. All of us know the story of Hannah, but we want to go to remind ourselves about uh, this mighty woman of God and why we must follow what she did. She is an example. The Bible says that the, uh, the characters in the Bibles in the Bible are examples to us. They are examples to us. So we want to follow into the example of uh, of, of this woman called Hannah. Hannah, we know her story, married to a man called Elkanah, and she had a co-wife. She had a co-wife, and her name was Penina, Penina, whatever you want to call her. And Penina had children, the Bible says, but Hannah had no children. She had an issue. There was something that was awry in her. Something was not okay. Something was not normal. Yeah? The other people were prospering. The other people are prospering, you're not prospering. The other people have got jobs, you don't have jobs. The other people have got this, you don't have it. Hallelujah. The Bible says in verse 3, Now this man who, Elkanah, used to go up year by year faithfully from his city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh. Every year. Every year so one day when Elkana was sacrificing he gave uh, portions to his wife, one to Penina and um, and all her sons and daughters but to ahana he gave a double portion because he loved her and just because you do not have what others have doesn't mean that God does not love you. you need to know that Hannah was loved by her husband but she did not have children by him why? because God had closed her womb, womb, the Bible says. God had closed her womb. Now for that womb to be open, guess where she, she needed to go? She needed to go to God. Elkanah was not the solution. Your children may not be the solution. Your husband may not be the solution. Your wife may not be the solution. That's why you need to go to God. Learn to go to God and the poor, your heart before him. He gave her a double portion. Why? Because he loved her. Though the Lord had closed her womb, the Bible says. You see that? As much as he loved her, as much as he gave to her, he could not solve her issue. He could not solve her problem because he did not hold the answer. The answer was before God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your man of God, your your woman of God does not have the solution. The solution is with God. I can assist you on your way to God, but you must go a distance. You must go further than the others. The Bible says in Jesus Christ, as he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was praying because he knew what was about to come. The Bible says he was sorrowful. And like unto uh, uh, death, you know, his 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 soul was 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 so terrified because of what was gonna happen. Even the Lord, Jesus Christ, he called on intercessors, people to stand with him. Out of the twelve the, by then there were there were eleven, because one had already, you know, gone to, to betray him. Out of the eleven he chose three. Three. And he says, Come guys, come and pray with me. Because what I'm going through is crazy. Um, it's, uh, I, I'm at the end of my tether. I need people to pray with me. And they went. The Bible says they went. They left the others and they went they, to pray with to pray with Jesus. <laughs> but the Bible says even when Jesus Christ solicited the help of others to stand with him in prayer, what happened? He went an extra mile. He went beyond them. He went beyond them. You've got to go beyond your prayer partners, my friend. You've got to go beyond. (laughs) He went a stone's throw away, and he traveled there. And guess what? These guys who he called to pray were sleeping because what he was experiencing in his heart was not in their hearts. It was none of their business. That's why it is personal. That's why it is personal. Because there are things only you can experience. Only you as an individual can experience. So stop blaming it on others. Stop blaming it on people who are not praying with you. No, Just whenever you get the the, the opportunity to be in the presence of God, you pour out yourself before him. Elkanah could not help this woman, just like those disciples could not help Jesus. He had to go to to a, a stone's throw farther. You've got to go farther than them. Isn't is to understanding what I'm saying? Go further. And he poured himself out. The Bible says he poured himself out before God. Hallelujah. Until one time, at, at, I think it's John who says that he began to sweat. Sweat like blood, like, uh, like, like drops of, of blood. That was intense prayer. Do you understand? He did what? He poured himself. Much as he had these guys who were standing with him. So you have got people who are standing with you. Thank them. And I thank God for them. But they cannot go where you need to go. You need to pour yourself out before God. So the Bible says, back in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 4, on the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, her sons, and her daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion because he loved her. Although her womb was what was closed by God, and the Bible says, and her rival would uh, would provoke her day in day out to irritate her, because God had closed her womb. <laughs> For her, she thought that God had some had umbrage had taken umbrage with her. He thought God had something to do with her. you know he hated her. He, maybe she, people will ex- want to explain what why you are not why you are not receiving what you ought to receive. By this time she should she should have children. This 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 one is having her her, her every year. This woman would have a pen and would have would have a child. Should have a breakthrough every year. And you are wondering why am I not having a breakthrough? This is what was going on through Hannah's um, heart. Why? Remember we we're talking about prayers that ask why? Why? She's asking why? What's happening? Is there something wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with you. Hallelujah. God has got the answer. Let's go to God. Let's keep on keeping on. This year, and listen, one one thing we must learn from from Hannah is that every year she kept going. Even when she got back and did not receive results, the next year she would still go to Shiloh. (laughs) Now we've got Christians who just give up because they did not get their breakthrough in year one year two. We don't, we don't know how many years this woman went, but we, by the by the fact that we hear that Penina had sons and daughters, that means she had been going for many years. She kept going. She kept going. On Sunday we are talking about not giving up. Don't give up. She did not give up. She kept going to the same God. Can you imagine? The same God who had closed her womb. Hmm. She kept Going. If you are about to give up here, I encourage you not to give up. Learn from Anna. Keep on keeping on. Keep on praying. Keep on fasting. Keep on giving. Keep on serving God. We have got many who have hung up their hearts and say, This is it's no avail. It's, it, it just ends in naught. You know? It's in vain. I'm serving in vain. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Hannah continued to do what? To go to Shiloh. Keep on going into the presence of God, child of God. Keep on going there. Persist, insist, be consistent. Do not give up. She kept going, even though God had closed her home. Let them provoke you, but keep going. Let the enemy irritate you. Keep going. The Bible says in verse 7, so it went on year by year. This thing had been going on year by year. There is something that has been going on in your life year by year, but that does not matter. That should not deter you. That should, as a matter of fact, you know, reignite you, give you more fuel to go into the presence of God. Just because it's happening year by year does not mean that one day it will not cease. There is a day it will cease. Just keep on going year by year. Verse 7, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 7. So it went on year by yeah. What has been going on in your life year by yeah? I have news for you. If you keep on going into the presence of God one day, God will release. God, one day God will open. One day God will answer. Hallelujah. Mara as soon as she went up the house of the lord she she used to, <laughs> this woman she used to provo- she used to provoke her as soon as she went up the house of the lord she she used to provoke her her, her, her co-wife would provoke her. what were you even doing in the presence of god i see god does not even answer you and some of these provocations by the way are not from other people they are from within the, that, that voice from the enemy he keeps provoking you now why, what did you gain this whole hour you were in the presence of God. What did you gain? I see you remain childless. You spent a whole night in prayer. I see you remain jobless. You you spent four months in in, in 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 fasting. I see you remain poor. That provocation continues, and that provocation is to, is to wear you is is designed to wear you out, to wear you down, that you may give up. But Hannah was not that type. The Bible says Hannah wept and she would not eat. She was vexed. She was irritated. Then her husband, Elkanah, in verse 8, says, she said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you weep? Why do you weep? He says, and why don't you why don't you even eat? Why is your heart so so sad? He's asking. some may think is this Elkanah, okay? Elkanah is okay, but he does not understand the, the depth or the, 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 the level of pain this woman is going through. He cannot understand because he's not her. And in verse 8, he says, am I not to you more than 10 sons? And after, am I not to you ten, more than 10 sons? She needed a son, not Elkanah. She needed more than Elkanah. Hallelujah. But Elkanah was not the answer, remember. You understand? Then they would eat. They would sit and eat. The Bible says after they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, what happened? Hannah arose. Remember for her, she was not eating. She was not drinking. She was troubled. So she would sit around that table and the others would eat. After they had eaten, (laughs) she arose. She arose from that table. And where did she go? On this occasion, I think year in, year out, she would go and sit through this meal, and she would just remain there. But on this occasion, she said, she said, enough is enough. The Bible says that she arose, and where did she go? She went into the temple. She went before. She said, this one I am taking before God. Enough is enough. The Bible says she arose, and now Eli, the priest, was sitting by the seat, you know, at, at, at the doorpost of the temple and she just stormed past the guy the bible says she was deeply distressed there's being distressed but this time she was deeply this one was deeply distressed deeply distressed job says in job chapter 7 verse 11 says therefore i will not restrain my mouth you see, when you are deeply restra- deeply distressed, you cannot restrain your mouth. He says, "I will speak in the anguish of my spirit." Hallelujah! I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. But to who? You need to be careful. Where who, whom you are addressing all this? If you address, if you speak out of, if you <laughs> if you cannot restrain, be careful. Let me let me rephrase it. Be careful not 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 uh, 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 not to unleash your mouth to a person that is not God hallelujah, or to speak in anguish to a person that is not God, or to to complain with bitterness of soul to a person that is not God. Always direct that to God. Did Did you hear that? Always direct all that to God, not to human beings. Job is saying, from the bitterness of my soul, I will speak. This woman, this is what she did. Remember in old scripture, we haven't heard her speak anything back to to Hannah, to Penina. We haven't heard her speak anything ill to her husband. No, she went to take this distress to the right place. She addressed it to the right addressee. Deeply distressed. She was deeply distressed in verse 10. She was deeply distressed and she prayed to the Lord. Are you deeply distressed this morning? Just keep on praying to the Lord. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. And the Bible says, and she vowed a vow. She vowed a vow and said, Oh Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant. Hallelujah. May the Lord look on your affliction this morning in the name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Somebody say, Lord, look on my affliction. The Lord who looked upon the affliction of Leah and gave her a son, may he ha- look upon your affliction this morning and give you that which you require from him, that which you ask for in the name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. This woman is in the presence of God and she's speaking to God, the right place. Hallelujah. She says, remember, look down upon me. Look upon this affliction. Look upon all these provocations. I have been coming year in, year out into this place. But on this time, Father, look, take a special look. Take a closer look. Remember me, she says. Look at uh, on, upon the affliction of your servant and remember me. Somebody say, remember me, Lord. Remember me Lord, not that God had forgotten her but she was. the Bible says those who uh, make uh, remembrance of the Lord should not cease until He makes Jerusalem a praise. do not cease. Keep on reminding him. Keep on reminding him. Remember me. Remember me, Lord. The Bible speaks of Rachel, who God remembered. Even her womb was what was closed. The Lord remembered her and opened her womb. The Lord, may the God who remembered Rachel remember you in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. She says, remember. Look on the affliction of your servant and remember me. And remember me and give your servant a son she was specific she did not just pray a blanket prayer give me a child she was specific that is why it is good to be specific when you come into the presence of the lord whatever you are asking for do not generalize be specific what do you want specify it is it a child what it's not just is it a husband what not not, on, not any man Is it a a car? Not any car. Whatever it is, be specific. She was specific. Give me a son. And she says, once you give me a son, this is what I will do. I will give him back to you, that he will be yours all the days of your life. You see, James says that you ask and you do not receive because you want to spend all that you have received from God on your own passions. That is a wrong prayer. <laughs> the easiest way, the, that is why this woman got a, 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 a breakthrough. Because she told God that if you give me this son, you are the one who's going to gain. Do you hear that? It is you who's going to gain. <laughs> you are going to get the glory, and this kid is going to serve you. He's going to be yours. So, whatever you're asking God for, make sure that God is going to gain from it. Let me ask. What is God God going to gain from that which you are asking from Him today, this morning? What is in it for Him? If everything you are asking is for you, is for me, then I will not receive. Because God always gives, will always give to us, you know, things through which He will gain. Why? Because He cannot come here physically. He is spirit and He needs a body. So if that's why he told Abraham, he says, I'm going to bless you and I will make you what? A blessing. So that through others, through you, I will bless others. He says, all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. Let me ask a question. Is anybody going to be blessed through what what you're asking God from? For rather, is anybody going to be blessed? Are there a people that will be blessed because of the anointing that you are asking for? Because of the revelation that you are asking for. Because of the money that you are asking for. Because of the job that you are asking for. Is there a widow? Is there an, an, an orphan somewhere? Is there somebody who is uh, who, who is lowly? Who, is in, who, who will benefit from that blessing? What will God benefit from blessing you? She is a very smart woman. She says, if you will give me a son, I will give him the Lord all the days of his life. What a prayer. What a prayer. What a prayer. God heard this and said, what? And God needed a prophet. God needed a prophet in those days. He was looking for a prophet. There are many women who were asking for children in that time. I do not want to imagine that it was only Hannah who was barren in those days. There were many others. But their prayers were not answered like this woman because this woman, she she knew God had a need. (laughs) God also needs, he needs people. He needs people. Say, Lord, here I am, that you may use me. Bless me that I may bless others. Enrich me that I may enrich others, that I may help others. Give me a son and I will give him back to you, that you may use him. And God was in need. He needed a prophet. And he got the right woman who asked the right prayer. James says you pray and you do not receive. Why? Because you ask amiss. You ask wrongly. Rephrase your prayers. He says you pray and ask because you want to do what? To spend them on your own passions. That is wrong. Because you see, when God, when, when, when God gains, you also gain. Hallelujah. This woman, she prayed for a son. And she says, and she, and no rosa shall touch his, his head. In other words, he will be a Nazarene. He will be dedicated to you. Do you hear the kind of prayer this woman is, is praying? Did she, she didn't stop there. The Bible says in verse 12 when she continued praying before God. She continued praying before God, continued praying before God. And Eli observed that her mouth was was just moving. Her lips were moving. The Bible says she was speaking in her heart. Did, Did you know that your heart speaks? She was speaking in your heart, in her heart. That's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, that the Spirit helps us in what? Helps us to pray because we do not know what to pray for or how we ought to pray for it, but he makes intercessions on, on our behalf with groanings, with groanings, oh that that cannot be that cannot be uttered with words that cannot be uttered. There are words, there are some things that you there's no diction for. There are no words to express them. In the, that is how you know a person who is bitter, who is uh, who is. Um, not bitter, who is distressed, who is greatly distressed, will lack, will find, will find themselves, you know, destitute of words to use in the presence of God. That's when the Holy Spirit kicks in. You begin to, some people you see, some women cry, some men cry in the presence of God, and some people say, This woman cries too much, this one cries too much. Leave them alone. They are put, there is something, their hearts are speaking. The words cannot express what they' are asking for do you understand that her heart was speaking may your heart speak because there are people who who speak in with, whose, whose whose mouths are speaking words but their hearts are not there the hearts the heart and the mouth are not in sync <laughs> do you understand what i'm saying they can make a whole they can spend a whole night in the presence of god' shouting but their hearts are not there they're not in line with what they are saying. It is better that your heart speaks than your mouth does. If you understand what I'm saying. If in the presence of God you are you are praying, but then you are you are you are answering an email, you are you are on the phone. How her, her, her heart was what? Speaking. May your heart speak in the presence of God in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. May your heart speak louder than your mouth. May your heart speak louder than your mouth. All that was moving, her lips were moving. No sound was coming out. But her heart was touching the heart of God. Hallelujah. It's good to shout in the presence of God. But it's not good to shout when your heart is not near Him. Your hearts have got to connect in the presence of the Most High God. You've got to connect. There's got to be a connection. Her heart was speaking. She was speaking in her heart. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that her voice was not heard. And then the man of God Thought that she was drunk. The man of God thought that this woman was drunk. She has just had too much wine, and now then the Bible says, Eli said to well, her, How long will you go and be will, will, will you be on be, uh, being drunk? How long? Put your wine away. Put that wine away from you. Stop drinking. In other words, he was about to chase her out, to throw her out of the temple. Even the man of God did not perceive that was going on. <laughs> this was too deep. Is anybody in distress? Address yourself to God. Let your heart speak to God louder than your mouth, louder than your mind. Let your heart speak. Allow the Holy Spirit to take over, that he may groan through you, that he may pray through you, because only he knows what is the mind of the Spirit, what is the mind of God. Let him pray for you. Let him pray through you. Hallelujah. The woman replied to him and said, No, in verse 15. No, my Lord. (laughs) I am not drunk, in other words. I am a woman Troubled in spirit. I am a woman troubled in spirit. She came to Shiloh with the entire family, but she had to go an extra mile. Because whilst they were enjoying, others were enjoying. Because people, you can be, you can be in a crowd, but yet lonely, because it's it's only you who knows what's going in your heart. And just because others don't uh, cannot cannot feel it, you don't have to lay it on them. Just go to the right place. She went to the right place. She went to God. She went to God, because she's a woman deep who, who's troubled in spirit. She says, "I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have not drunk anything strong." She says, "But listen, what has happened? What has been happening to me?" She says, "I have been poor, <laughs> I have been pouring out my soul before God." I have been pouring out my soul before God. I have been pouring out my soul before God. I have removed every restraint from my soul. That's what she's saying. I am expressing God without restraint. I'm expressing myself, rather to God without restraint. Just pour your heart before him. Job said in Job 30 verse 16 says, And now my soul is poured out within me. My soul is poured out within me. The days of affliction have taken hold of me. Now my soul is poured out within me. Pour out your soul before God, not before men, because men will not understand. Somebody say Amen. Psalm forty-two, verse four, it says, "These things I remember as I pour out my soul." How I would go with the things begins. Remember, you know the things that you know were happening before. But right at this moment, the psalmist is in a deep, deep, deep in in a deep di- in a deep ditch. All he can do is remember the things that happened before, the, the good days. But right now, he is in a tight place, and all he can do is. Pour out his soul. Pour out your soul before God. This is what Hannah did. Therefore, she said, do not treat me as a worthless woman. (laughs) No, I'm not worthless. I am a woman who is just vexed. For all day long, I've been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Do you see where she channeled her vexation and her and anxiety to God? Because if you channel it to people, you will end up, you know, at loggerheads with people. Because it was God who had locked her 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 womb in the first place, so that's where she went to ask, "Why? What's going on?" (laughs) Then Eli said to her in verse seventeen, "Go in peace. Go in peace. May you go in peace in the name of Jesus. Go in peace." and go in peace and he says the, the God of Israel may he grant you a petition that you have made to him may he grant you a petition that you made to him and the Bible says very important verse 18 and she said let your servant find favor in your eyes then the Bible says the woman went away she went away and she ate on this occasion she did what she ate and her face was no longer sad she went and what and ate in other words, she rested. She, I think it is Minister Judy who was leading us in prayer. She spoke about that Sabbath, Sabbath rest. She entered into the Sabbath rest. That is very important for you as a Christian. The moment you go into the presence of God, you need and you your brought your heart to Him. You need to leave the presence of God with what? With rest. That's why he says in Matthew chapter 11, verse verse 27, the Bible says, and and all things have been handed unto, unto me, Jesus Christ is saying, all things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and to anyone whom he chooses to reveal himself. Then he says in verse 28, come to me. There's an invitation to come. Come. He's calling us to come. To pour into his presence and do what? And pour our hearts to him. Come, there's an invitation. Come to me. Come to me. To who? To Jesus. Not to any other man. Come to me. The moment you enter into the presence of God, go straight away. Because he has made a way for us. We are lucky, he has made a way for us. We have access. Every one of us has access. The access that your pastor has, you have it. You have it. Am I saying your pastor should not pray for you? We pray together in agreement. But you need to go an extra mile. (laughs) You need to take it further. You. Because there's an invitation. Come to me all, not some, all who labor under a heavy laden. This woman was heavy laden. Are you heavy laden? Is there something weighing you down? She says, come, and what will I do? I will give you rest. This is what this, one, this woman did. She went to the Lord, poured out her spirit, and she left with rest. She went, before she went, she could not eat, she could not drink. But after she left, she went. You know, her husband was asking her, "Why are you so sad?" Her countenance was cra- was was shabby. She, she, she didn't look well. But the moment she left out the presence of the Lord, she went and washed her face and cleaned up, and she went and ate. I think they must have wondered what's going on, what what has go- what's going on with her. She says, "Come to me. Come, and I'll do what I'll give you rest." Take my yoke upon me and learn from me. He says, for I am gentle. I am gentle and I am lowly in heart. And, I, and you will find rest for yourselves. You will know what? You will find. The only place we can find rest is in the presence of God. In other words, rest can be found. He says, my yoke is easy. That there be an exchange, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In other words, offload your burden. This is what Hannah did. When you are pouring yourself your soul before God, you are offloading your burden before before God. You are and so that you may take His, which is light. Now. The reason most people go into the presence of God you go into the presence of God and you come back after after a few hours you are still worried, you are still. It's because you haven't entered into the rest. It's be, you know why? It's because we come, we pour our hearts, but before we leave, we go back and gather what we have poured and take it back with us. You take it back with you. That's why you are not rested. If you knew whom you were asking or whom you were praying to and you knew it was God, real God, God, and you have offloaded onto God, then why are you still worried? Why are you still vexed? Why are you still distressed? You cannot offload onto God and still go ahead and <laughs> you cannot. That means you took it back. You took it back. He says, if you unlock, if you unload onto me, i'll i'll exchange i'll give you mine which is light you will enter into the sabbath rest i said i will give you rest so if you are still restless after a night of prayer (laughs) there's a question mark if you are still restless after after a period of 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 an an audience with god you cannot go into the you cannot have an audience with the king an earthly king a president and go back the same way. no you can't. Do you understand, child? If you are still restless, that means you took back what you offloaded. You poured out, but then you, you, you put it back in. Does that make sense? So what are we going to do? After asking the wise and all that before him, what are we to do? We are to leave them there. I'm, remember, I'm reminded of uh, particular people in our country who used to, many years ago, they, they were not as exposed to others. Um, some of them were not as exposed to other people, uh, to m- most of the things as other people were. So this woman would get in, for example, woman would get into a bus, and uh, you know, carrying her luggage, and she would stand in, she would stand in, in the bus with her luggage on her head. Yet, there are racks on which to put. The luggage. The person who made the bus or whatever it is put racks in place. Why did he put racks in place that you may put the burden there, or the luggage there? Hallelujah! But this woman would just continue. And why are you still carrying the luggage? You say, oh, I am feeling. How can the bus carry me and they carry my luggage at the same time? They would ask. That's what. This is what happens to most of us. Come in the presence of the Lord, you are serving God, you are praying, you are serving, you are singing, but you are still carrying the burden and you are saying, "Guy, I am here. I am here to take it off you. Morning in you are here, morning out you are here, but you still carry that burden. Why? Why? Pour it out and leave it there. Walk away. Go back and eat. Go back and clean your face. She entered into the rest of God. Enter into the rest of God, child of God. Enter into the rest of God. The Bible says in in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 4 says, And God rested on the seventh day from all his works, he rested on the seventh day or from all his works and in verse 9 he says there remains a sabbath rest for the people of god there remains a sabbath rest a sabbath rest is not a saturday, that saturday whatever you know these people confuse themselves upon it's not it's not just a day it is a place it's a place the sabbath day is a place he says for whoever has entered god's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. So the moment you enter into the rest of God, after pouring yourself before him, you enter into a place called his rest, and then you cease from your worry. That is your works. You cease from trying to work it out yourself because you left it there. That's why the woman went back and ate. This morning, you can go back and eat. Somebody. You can go back and change that countenance, somebody. She went knowing that she had a son. When did she get a son? She got a son the very time she poured her heart to God. She she went assured. She went with belief. She went back home rejoicing. On this occasion, it it didn't matter what Penina told her. She was just writing on water because she had her child. This morning you can walk away with your miracle. And this time walk walk away with it permanently. This day, this morning you can walk away without taking back that burden. Without taking back that weight. Without taking back that distress. Without taking back that worry. You can walk away today with your Sabbath rest. Hannah went back and ate her food. And her husband must have been so shocked. The people, Penina, must have been so shocked. She went back and says, give me my food. She washed her face. Her countenance changed. She praised God like never before. You can't do the same this morning. She's, the Bible says, God, there remains, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. It is there but you and I have got to access it. He says, come, there's an He says, come. There's too much rest, but we are not taking it. We are not taking it. We are not taking it. Child of God, can you begin to enter into the rest of God regarding that issue? Enter into the Sabbath rest of God. It's a place. When do you enter it? Some of us, See, most Christians wait to enter it when when they see. That's not belief. The Bible calls that a sin of unbelief. And the Bible says that the children of Israel did not enter that place because of that. They did not enter enter that. It says, take care, brothers, in in, in Hebrews chapter 3. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart. It is evil not to believe God after coming from his presence. It is evil. It is heartbreaking to God when you.